Welcome to Phone Messages, episode 109, My House with Anjali. My name is Paul Mason Foch. This week, I play the second message from Julia D'Amico. And it's a very special episode because I was able to interview Julia together with Anjali Grant, her roommate at the time. The message comes from late summer or early fall of 1989 and is 14 seconds long. After it plays, we will hear the interview. Let's listen. Paul, it's me, Julia. um, I'm at my house with Anjali. Are are you back ready? You should be. Um, I guess just call. We're starving, so we want to go soon. I sound like I have a cold. Yeah, I sound like I have a cold or something. To me, you sound the same, exactly the same. Yeah, maybe I don't know. And you look exactly the same. I have gray hair. So do you guys remember your first impressions of one another? So that would have been my second year of college. And Andre, remember, you're just a year ahead of me. So we, yeah, that was my year. third year. Yeah. So we lived together in that pastel apartment. Yeah. Yeah. The, behind um, Pals. I actually oh. don't even know how we wound up being roommates there. I don't know. We didn't know each other at all. I'm not sure how all that worked out that we all wound up living together. I feel like somebody handed that apartment down. Otherwise, you had to go through that one, like, property management or something, which was like, they were like the ultimate slumlords. I remember Like the one property management company in Hyde Park, and they never maintained any of their buildings because we knew some of the same people like Aton and yeah. jason weitzer it must have been yeah. through jason weitzer yeah, yeah. it had to be through jason yeah probably because that was like a primo place and it had furniture nice. in it already you know yeah. it had like that old like dusty pink couch you know like retro couch and well, i so- remember you ate grits and I, I had never it. met anyone who <laughs> ate grits before in my life. I feel so far from my Florida grits upbringing, living in Buffalo, New York right now where I'm freezing to death. Oh, I remember, Angela, you were a good cook. I was? I surprised. do remember cooking sometime. The kitchen was not as nice as the rest of the apartment. And we did have a little rodent issue in the kitchen. Did we? Awesome. <laughs> I don't remember that. I, I don't remember it bothering me at the time. Like, oh, it would really be a sort of disturbing. But I remember, oh, yeah, something ate through that bag, you know. <laughs> Gross. I remember you and Shelly got me a bike for my birthday. We did? Yeah, I remember that. I think it was a bike you guys rescued that you noticed had been, like, abandoned. <laughs> but it was really nice. You In that same birthday, you made me a birthday card, Anjali, and I oh. still have it. I saved it. Yeah, it's like an egg-shaped. You spent a lot of time in your room. Like, you would study in your room. That sounds like 100%. And I would never study in my room. I would always go to the library. <laughs> that sounds like me. Like, I would totally... I can imagine myself studying yeah. in room. And then being in the library, like, the other part of the time. Like... I did not have a lot of free time. Like, we were all studying and, and doing stuff. And, yeah, yeah. It was, we were yeah. busy. There was, like, no time when you were not... No, never. 
it's a pretty tough undergraduate. I mean, you're it just never is. done with your homework. Never. never, never. And also, like I'm taking this other philosophy class recently, and they do all this contextualizing of the text. So like we're reading Nietzsche, which is incomprehensible to start with, let's face it. But, you know, reading this stuff, but it's like, oh, and he was writing, you know, they put yeah. it in context and then no. give you this no, great lecture. <laughs> this is what it means. Chicago yeah. would be like, here's the book, read it, you know, totally out of context. It's, yeah. it's tough. There's no right? context at all like i think it helps you become a good reader yeah. but not the easy route to becoming no. a good reader. and not like there was great inflation too right It'd be like that sucks do a better job next time no, you know right. i mean it's great thanks they weren't really like concerned about your mm -hmm. i don't know your ego or something like that you know or retention rates or any of that <laughs> yes evidence for our friend group <laughs> julia's final comment references the fact that a few of our friends did not quite manage to graduate. At the time, the University of Chicago had a reputation for filtering out students unprepared for the high academic standards. Core courses typically assigned a half dozen weighty books each trimester. Plato's Apology, Freud's Interpretation of Dreams, E.P. Thompson's The Making of the English Working Class, and upper division courses often included graduate students, since the undergraduate population was just over 3,000, and there were about twice that many pursuing graduate degrees. Overall, the atmosphere could be intimidating. In 1991, the year Julia finished her bachelor's, Chicago ranked number 10 in the U.S. News and World Report's list of top universities. And of the top 10, it had the lowest graduation rate at 79%. Two years later, in a more dubious survey by Inside Edge magazine, it ranked at the very bottom, number 300, of schools where students have fun. This led to a facetious battle in the editorial pages of the New York Times between UChicago alumni and alumni of Johns Hopkins, which ranked just above Chicago on the unfun score. Both constituents proclaimed their campus life to be the most wretched. On a more affirming note, I was struck by Anjali and Julia remembering our late friend Jason Weitzer as the one who introduced them. It reminded me of the 1999 essay Malcolm Gladwell wrote for The New Yorker titled Six Degrees of Lois Weisberg. In the essay, he describes research indicating that many people's social network can be traced to key individuals like Lois Weisberg, who was Chicago's Cultural Affairs Commissioner. Lois, as apparently everyone called her, had a knack for making new friends and connecting them to old ones. I can't say Jason had the same power as Lois, who, according to Gladwell, seemed to bestow golden opportunities on everyone she met, but I sometimes wonder how many friends I could trace back to Jason, 
who let me crash on his couch in the fall of 1987, my first year out of college, when I was still searching for what to do next. If you are still searching, I will do my best to find your place in this podcast. Simply contact me through my website, pfoch.com. That's P-F-O-T-S-C-H dot com. We will hear more from Julia and Anjali's interview soon. But for now, many thanks to them, and thank you for listening. Talk to you next week.